see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, <laughs> will we see you next week? <laughs> I don't know why you hate the one to ten so because much. Because it reminds me of work. I have to do so many scaling questions. Well, don't don't On a bring... scale of zero to ten, how disturbing is this memory to you? Why do you ha- you say you have to? You don't have to. Uh, actually, it's part of EMDR protocols. No. You know what? I think that you are just taking this and laying this upon <laughs> yeah. the question. What I'm sounding is it's actually helpful. Yeah. And yeah. she doesn't want element people to be helped. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it for work. But I, it's well, protocol. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it <laughs> oh here. Oh, my gosh. I think one to tens are, are pretty good for because it helps us to scale. Because sometimes instead of being a yes or a no, it's it's how... You have 10 options. <laughs> Not just two. Well, it's like I was saying on Sunday 20 morning. Twenty if use halves. When I was when I was talking about, you know, maybe by the end of the series, you know, if you're you know knob one to ten, right? If if you if we can just click it one notch. I just hate like smart goals and soulless metrics. I think I just it reminds me of all that. It's okay. It's a quantitative smart. measure. Trying to yes. determine what God is doing <laughs> in our life now is a soulless metric. All right. We are already in week four of our Forgive series. This week's titled An Other Regarding Ethic. So yes. formal. After the last few weeks of Forgive, you know, this week we're, we're building again on top of those. And we're going to talk about this thing called An Other Regarding Ethic. The Really the foundation for Western society comes from, you know, Greco-Roman culture that never understood this other regard and ethic. It was very centered in the self. You know, they viewed, you know, the, the Greeks, when they looked at philosophy, would look at the logos, the reason for the universe, but it was impersonal. And that's why when John starts the book of John, he will say that Jesus became flesh. He was known as the word, and that's the word logos. And it's saying the reason you have been looking for is found in Christ. And what the scriptures does is take all this impersonal and it makes it personal. And in so doing, by revealing who God is, it teaches us to look beyond ourselves instead of looking what fulfills me, what makes me feel better. Like the ancient Greeks, they didn't have an idea of what forgiveness was. They had pity, but that has nothing to do really with forgiveness in the end. They had excusing people, but that also is not forgiveness. And so when you come to the scriptures, you see God teaching us how to look out beyond ourselves because God has an other regarding ethic in regard to his people. I mean, not that God is not concerned about his glory because he is and his glory is what has him rescue and save us, but he teaches us how to look beyond towards other people. And everything in the scriptures is about looking beyond yourself. And when you have an other regarding ethic, that's the only place that we can really move into real forgiveness because we stop making it about ourselves. We make it about what God has done and then how to send that out. And it goes perfectly back to Abraham. Abraham, God comes and God blesses him, not just to bless Abraham like we have today with our bumper stickers of hashtag blessed. It is he blesses Abraham to make him a blessing. And everything that God does is for us to then extend out. We, God forgives us, so we'd be forgiving. God loves us, so we would be loving. This whole thing becomes other regarding. And at the end, we're actually going to deal with Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, and Matthew 18, 21 and 22, dealing with the understanding of 
if we do not forgive and love others, we are restricting living in the love of God and the forgiveness of God in our own life. It has to come in and go out just like blessing comes in and goes out. Forgiveness comes in and it has to go back out or we restrict what God is actually doing in our lives. One of the questions actually rewrote this morning uh, is who is at the center of your choices, God, yourself or others? And I was hoping you could explain what is at the heart of this question when you ask and how can you really flesh out? Because some people are going to take the easy answers. All of them. How do you, and yeah, and that's how do you why I was thinking one to 10 might be a good thing on that. So I think when you throw out the word ethics, sometimes it can be really broad and sweeping and it's hard to sum up what our own ethics actually looks like. So I think if you narrow your focus more to some specific choices, it allows you to see what actually factored into that. Circumstances behind choices are different, but maybe you can actually take a look at a few choices or significant choices you've had to make in your life and it can give you an indication of certain patterns. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about that certain words mean things to people that that word may not mean to you when you say it. Right. <laughs> Talk to Morin about grace. Grace is not the same thing as when we say grace. When I wrote that little review of that book last week, and the book is called Biblical Critical Theory, and someone latched onto critical theory and threw race in the middle of you know critical theory, and that's all that they thought of. They could not understand that critical theories are the ways that we have learned things for centuries at this point just taking out the politics from it. It's, it's how we understand that. It's applied critical thinking. Right. That's what it, and, and so that's how we understand the scriptures that we do today and why we look at the earlier manuscripts and how we compare them and how we trust the Bible that we have. It's from these critical theories of looking at them in the proper way. And so just taking certain words and having our own definition of it isn't, is not good. And this is why I think when you think about ethics, some people just think of, moralities and things like that. And, and other regarding ethic is, are we going to live our lives with an other focus mm-hmm. and not a self-centered focus? And that's, I think what the question is looking towards when you make decisions, who's the center of that decision? Is it, this is the best for my benefit, or this is the best for God's glory in the world and the best for other people. So do you guys have some examples of like, is there a decision you'd make today different than how you'd make it before? Element supports a lot of external ministries. And sometimes we support those external ministries because we know people or we like something, but we always keep saying that we want to support ministries that support the vision that we have. And we want our vision to be one that, you know, takes the gospel out into the world. Looking back on some of those, we may not give as much money to certain places that we have in the past and we may direct it to other places who kind of utilize it in more of the vision that God has given us. And I think maybe sometimes we, we say yes, because there's almost a guilt of saying no. And a guilt of saying no is not another regarding ethic. That's, that's a self regarding. I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel good. And so there are very positive things we can even do with our time and our life and our resources that may come out of a self-centered ethic. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Because even even if you answer God in that, a lot of times our motives are self-serving. Mm-hmm. That right. I don't want God to be mad at me or I don't want others to think less of me. And so therefore I'm going to do this. And I, I could say I'm doing it for them, but really it's still a, at the center. 
it's me who benefits. Well, I make this brief comment on, on Sunday in the message where sometimes people will say we're protecting God's honor and we're not really protecting God's honor. We're protecting our comfort or what we like. And so it's not really about protecting. God can protect himself. He really can. <laughs> um, but it's really more about protecting what we want. Not that there isn't places and times you do need to stand up for what's right and protecting people and stuff like that. But I think a lot of times when you hear that, I'm protecting God's honor, it's not necessarily protecting God's honor. Right. And so, yeah, I find, I find I'm at the center of most of my, mm-hmm. most of my decisions, even if I, I, I can excuse it as God or others. I actually got a call, kind of an emergency call on Monday, uh, a mental health situation I had to attend to. And it's absolutely something that is significant, needed to be paid attention to. I understand the importance of it, but in that moment, it was after a long day of work, about to put the kids down to bed, want to relax, talk with my husband uninterrupted for the first time that day. And if I'm being honest about it, that it's not something I wanted to do. Did you do this? No, I didn't. We could have. That's how my kids settle a lot of things. <laughs> Works really well. <laughs> Rochambeau. No, but it's like that it comes up in that moment. It's like, okay, this is something I'm trained to do. I, I totally believe in it. I see the need for it, but it's like the selfishness, the selfishness comes up. On a, a scale of one to, it was a one you wanted to go though. Absolutely. Yeah. Other regarding ethic, you went. I went, but it's not my heart's motive. And so that's, I think, what... Our heart's motive is evil, though. I, I know. It isn't always. God's given us new hearts. But it's... Yeah. So, I'm so, not shaming myself. I'm just... I'm being honest. I'm shaming you. I know you are. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about... You recognize, I think, when you analyze what comes up in those choices like that, like the cost of acknowledging what you want and remembering, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to surrender that. But anyway, it's just that kind of thing. It's like you're, you're met with a choice, right? And with every decision, you get the option to follow your heart or really challenge that with what scripture calls us to. And sometimes you don't necessarily want to do that thing, but it's an act of surrendering what it is that you want to do. And I think the same applies to forgiveness. Is there something wrong with overriding your heart when it doesn't want to do the right thing? Because, no, because that's exactly what I did. Isn't one of the ways that our lives and hearts move towards our hearts being in it is kind of molding our hearts in new ways? Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel bad. I'm just I'm being honest about it. Mm. Okay. I talk about it. It's not like I was like, yeah, I get to go help someone and share the love of Jesus with them in a dark moment. But you're uh, you're also like, I wish my heart cared more right now. Totally. And that's where I hope God will continue to work. Okay. Right. Because how many people really sit and dive deep about motives and yeah they're weird why well that's why that's why there's a long pause right now thinking about because i don't want to just spit on an answer i want to think about what were what are my motives or how was i feeling about that so i think it takes time it takes some intentionality to really explore those things so in a group setting how can we enable that time to allow people to to process and think through and not just move on to the next question but really dive into Allow for silence. 20 seconds. Uninterrupted. Not 10. It's the longest 20 Siri, seconds of my life. set timer for 20 seconds. <laughs> no, but no, I'm being serious though. Like so often we want to move, we, we want movement to a notes night or discussion night. 
how do we how do we help people process and assess motives when they really haven't thought about it mm-hmm. to choices or or reactions that people have you may need help having others identify some choices that they've seen you make too because sometimes we just like me sitting here you go about your life and it's not like you take stock in a calculated way of like oh I did this and I chose this and I chose this but if you're sharing life with other people they may be able to say well what about when you just decided to do this or you know from seeing your life maybe you can point people to further reflection I also think that it's okay to have a follow-up conversation. I, you know, I'm talking to somebody this week and I asked him a couple of questions and it looked like deer in the headlights, like they were just processed. And I said, you don't have to answer right now because they were expecting mm-hmm. like, I want an answer right then. Sometimes when you work through something hard and people start to think about it, you can even say, don't answer it right now. If, and maybe if it's the beginning of your notes night and you're talking about certain things, you can say, we can circle back to this at the end. And if you're ready, then great. If not, we can maybe meet over the weekend or something like that and talk about it some more. I think it's important to give space. And remember, too, the Holy Spirit's actively working. I think, I think the, the resource page is, is kind of important. It, it's shorter than we've done other weeks, but it's, I think it's good for everybody to kind of read through just the, the seven signs or levels that show the relationship rupture in our hearts. And I think it's good for us to do that internal work, especially with the question of how we make decisions. What, what does it look like in regard to other people in our own hearts and how we feel when we see that person? So we can see if we're having these inappropriate responses just to a particular individual. And that will help us to know where we are, I think, in our hearts and our own places towards forgiveness. And I think, again, going back to like sharing life together in a GC context, too, sometimes we may need people to help make us aware of this. We're not ready or willing to acknowledge it, but oftentimes if this is taking place, other people, other observant people can can have noticed that already. And sometimes it's better when it's not your spouse doing it. (laughs) Sure. Thanks for thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Ask my wife if she wanted to go get steaks for her birthday because I wanted to go get steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! It's very specific. <laughs>